Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today to Body Ecology Living. You know, one of the things I've observed over the many years that I've been doing this work is that there seems to be certain supplements that are trendy. For example, vitamin D is really hot and has been for some time. Certainly fish oil is another example. Probiotics. And then, of course, there's the superfoods like goji berries. Lots of people are doing almond milk right now. There was a period of time I remember very clearly when soy was the big it food in the world. Everybody was doing soy this and that and hot dogs. And it was just, uh, you know, now people are not doing soy anymore. So you can see things come and go. But today we're going to be talking about vitamin E, little old vitamin E. And now you might think, well, I don't I get that from my diet or, you know, I, I took it a while ago, but I stopped taking it. But I have a feeling that you're missing out on something by not knowing how important vitamin E is as a important supplement in our diet. We Yes, we do get it from food. We're going to be talking about that today. But I think for most people listening that vitamin E isn't even on your radar screen right now. And that's what I want to change. After our discussion today with our guest, Jim Caps, who's with the AC Grace Company, I think you'll be uh, taking vitamin E much more seriously in your life and moving it higher up in your priority list. So I'd like to welcome right now my guest, Jim Caps from the AE Grace Company. Jim, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure and um, looking forward to sharing the what we've learned over the 50 years of being in existence. Yes, well, that was what I was going to ask you first and foremost, is how did you hook up with this special little molecule called vitamin E? Well, it just so happens that uh, my stepfather, um, back in 1962, was diagnosed with his third consecutive heart attack. And uh, back then, there wasn't open-heart surgery, and there wasn't a lot of uh, drugs that they could do. And uh, he was a engineer and a pharmaceutical salesman, and his father was a doctor. And what happened was that uh, Roy obviously didn't want to die, so he started to do some research about what was happening in, um, in the American diet. And what he found was that uh, the rolling mill, actually, back in those days when we had bread and the wheat germ, which comes you know, from, our, from wheat, uh, actually uh, is high in vitamin E. And if you just do a trending, it's sort of interesting, if you do a trend of looking at cardiovascular disease, you'll see it actually parallels the creation of of the rolling mill, which started to beat out the, the wheat germ, and that's just so that the, the, um, the bread could be staying on the shelves longer, and they put all the preservatives. Obviously, lost a lot of its nutrients, and you can see cardiovascular disease taking off. So when he saw that, um, he decided that he found it. He looked for someone that was doing um, some research and actually using vitamin E, a medical doctor, and he found Evan and Wilford Shute, the Shute brothers, up in Canada. And one was a cardiologist, the other one was a gynecologist. And they were using a form of vitamin E in their practice and saving thousands and thousands of lives. Actually, they've written five books. You can look it up and uh, read their books. And so Roy decided, he said, the other thing that he wanted to do is keep it close to nature uh, if he was going to develop. And so he decided to try to keep, and he studied the 
E complex, and by the way, E is made up of eight compounds, and it's an alpha, beta, gamma, delta, tocopherol, and an alpha, beta, gamma, delta, tocotrienol. Roy didn't, back in those days, didn't know, hear much about tocotrienols, but he found the mixed tocopherols, and that's what they call the alpha, beta, gamma, delta. And so he mixed the formula, and he ratioed it out properly, and ratio means each one of those compounds, the alpha is ratioed properly, the gamma is ratioed properly, the delta is ratioed properly, and the beta is ratioed properly. So they have a synergistic effect, and they benefit each other, so you get a better effect than if you just took one of the compounds. And he said that was what nature showed us. So he developed a mixed tocopherol called Unique E. He tried it on himself. Um, and I think it was about six months later, he went back to the doctor, and the doctor couldn't find any damage to his heart. And so then he found a gentleman who was a cardiologist in Illinois, Dr. Bill Maurer, and educated Bill on the complex and what it did for him. And then Bill, at that time, was tired of working on patients or not being able to help patients and using um, drug protocols. He decided to try Roy's um, vitamin E, and with great success, and that's how it all started. Roy founded it himself, developed, that was the first ever mixed tocopherol in the United States back in 1962, and we've been um, educating practitioners ever since. Okay, so what I want people to know is that many people are buying vitamin E supplements, but they're getting the wrong thing. They're not getting a natural substance. They're getting a synthetic substance, and they're not getting the four, the alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. They're just getting the alpha, right? Is that, that, is that true? That, that is correct. Back in 19, when you talk about the term vitamin E, vitamin E was defined in 1949 by U.S. Pharmacopoeia. U.S. Pharmacopoeia actually is the one that defines all compounds, and it's defined as alpha only. So anytime you read something, whether it's a study or a clinical or a magazine article, and it says vitamin E, well, the first question we should ask is what form did they use? Because there's eight different forms. How do we know? And if it's defined as alpha only, are they talking about alpha? Are they talking about the other seven forms? But when somebody goes to the store to buy a supplement, what about a label? I mean, does the label clarify what they're getting exactly? That's a very good point. Um, how do you read a label? Because they're so, it's so confusing. Is there's what we call synthetic, and if you look at the label, it'll say DL. So after the L, it'll, I mean, after the D, it'll be an L. And that L indicates DL alpha tocopherol. It means it's synthetic. Does it mean that it has only alpha? It doesn't have the beta, gamma, and delta? It actually, there, that is true. The only synthetic out there is alpha tocopherol. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. The other seven homologs are in natural states. And so if you buy a natural vitamin E, are you just still getting the alpha, or, or now are you getting the beta, gamma, and delta? Well, you say alpha, it should say on the label, it should say a mixed tocopherol. That means mm -hmm. you're getting all four of the, um, of the tocopherols. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, it's, I remember when I first learned about vitamin E, I only thought it was one thing, vitamin E. I had no idea that it had the alpha, beta, gamma, delta, all that. But then 
Um, the story got a little more complicated when the the information started pouring out years ago. Well, there's tocopherols and there's tocotrienols, and that that's confusing, I think, to a lot of people. That was very confusing to me. Like, uh, but doesn't food have all? Doesn't food contain like the vit- the foods that are high in vitamin E, like nuts and seeds and dark green leafy vegetables and whole grains, for example, and wheat germ? Well, aren't they? Uh, do they have tocopherols and tocotrienols in natural foods? Yes, there is. There's actually all eight are in some, but it all depends on what food you're talking about. Um, some have the mixed tocopherols, some have the tocotrienols. And again, you're not just eating one um, uh, form of food. You're eating you know, multiple forms of food at, at sitting down at either dinner or breakfast. So yes, you you can get all eight forms. Um, and that's important for the body. But the challenge becomes is that if you're looking at a maintenance and how we divide things up here at AC Grace is we divide things between maintenance level, when you talk about a dosage level for somebody, mm-hmm. or, or, or a therapeutic dosage, meaning that you have a condition that you're trying to manage, or acute to chronic. So it's important to know for your own self when you diagnose yourself, what were you at? Are you just looking at a, a maintenance or a quote-unquote preventative model, day-to-day use? Then you should look at maybe getting all eight. The challenge with that is that, um, that most of the forms that are on the market, even in a mixed tocopherol, and this gets technical again, and this can be very confusing, is that the alpha tocopherol on there is higher than the rest of the other four compounds of the gamma, the beta, and the delta. Mm -hmm. That's a negative because if too much alpha will negate the performance of the other mixed tocopherols because it's so dominant. So it's very important that somebody's, uh, if someone's purchasing this product, that they obviously purchase it from a company like AC Grace that has the ratios just right. So the beta, gamma, and delta are in the right ratio with the alpha. That is correct. And what happens, so what happens if if they're taking a product that's just alpha? Like what's the negative side effect of that? Well, again, if you look at the studies, and again, that's the reason why you read um, in the newspapers or in magazine articles about... um, uh, vitamin E causes, like it came out about eight months ago or six months ago, um, that the prostate cancer risk goes up. Mm. Or uh, there was the meta-analysis that came out from John Hopkins in 2005 that caused the whole vitamin, in- vitamin E industry to uh, drop 40%. And that said that anything over 400 IU, your mortality rate goes up. In other words, they were looking, when they were doing that research, they were looking at the wrong form of vitamin E. They were looking at just the alpha? That is correct. 95 to 96% of the research was done alpha tocopherol. And I just want to clarify that when you say meta, when they look at meta studies, they're looking at a whole bunch of studies. They just group them all together and correct. make a decision based on a grouping of studies. Just some people might not, not, know, not know that term. Yes, it's a meta-analysis, a compilation of studies, um, and then we actually, the doctor that, that did the study is Dr. Miller, and we had our doctor, um, Dr. Houston, uh, he wrote 
the doctor and told him about his misguidance and that um, that he didn't know, Dr. Miller didn't know, who did the study, that there were seven other forms of vitamin E. He had no idea. Mm. Wow, so, that's amazing. It, but, it really was. But then, um, but I'm not so surprised because, again, this is a complicated subject, and it's why I wanted very much to do this podcast. And I'm sure uh, at this point uh, people are already beginning to have this thought in their mind that this is a podcast they're going to want to listen to over uh, more than once anyway, because, you know, they, we're using terms that are probably new to people, tocopherol, tocotrienol. Now, I learned from you a couple of years ago when we met at an A4M conference, which stands, by the way, for American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, for anybody that's wondering. Um, you told me that there are different times of the day to take uh, your tocopherols and your tocotrienols. And so that, can we talk about that? And then I'm going to go into the benefits of vitamin E. Why would you even supplement or make a real conscientious effort to get it from your foods? And by the way, everybody, you probably can't get enough vitamin E from your foods. You probably do need to take a vitamin E supplement. So let's look at um, how to take supplements, this supplement, the vitamin E supplements properly. And to validate that point, is uh, 93% of the American public are deficient in vitamin E, and I can show you the study. Wow, 93%? So that means 93. even children. Even Oh, absolutely. Children specifically, actually, that goes up higher. It goes to 96%. Oh, and pregnant women, are they... Um, I imagine the typical prenatal vitamin is very deficient in vitamin E. Very much so, and vitamin E is a very key compound uh, during pregnancy. Okay, so let's look at more about how to take a supplement properly, because this is critical to me, that we, that we understand this. Yeah, there's uh, what we've done uh, with all of our research and our, our years of experience, and we and again, there's clinical studies and then there's anecdotal. Anecdotal is when people tell you about a story that had a result uh, within their own um, set of compounds they're taking, uh, whether it's successful or even non-successful. But uh, we separate the two, the tocopherols and the tocotrienols, and we do an AMPM approach. Because if you're trying to either, whether it's a maintenance level, especially if it's therapeutic or acute to chronic, you want to make sure that you're getting the highest concentration to do and get the effect that you're looking for. And so we tell people to take the mixed tocopherols in the morning. Now, you can reverse them. You can reverse it morning or evening on the tocotrienols, but we separate the two. And the reason being for that is because, again, the alpha tocopherol uh, will compete with the tocotrienol. If you took our unique E mixed tocopherol in the morning and took our tocotrienol at the same time, then it also would negate the performance of the tocotrienol. So we say take the mixed tocopherols in the morning and we take the tocotrienols in the evening, with de always with dinner. Oh, with dinner? Always with dinner. Remember, this is a fat-soluble, and you want to take it with something that has E already in it. Now, there are vegetables that have E in it. Uh, eggs are really good that has E in it. Uh, and what I explain to people, the body is really, 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 really smart. When you put food into the mouth, the body starts, to, the organs in the body starts to already to prepare for the recept, receiving of whatever nutrients coming to it. So when I tell people when they take uh, RE, what you want to do is eat something initially, 
uh, go through you know the half the meal or just the first start of the meal, get the body prepared, and then take your supplement, and then finish the meal. Well, now you mentioned eggs, so eggs usually um, more often people eat them at the beginning of the day. So would you do that? Um, would you take the tocopherols in the morning with eggs? I know eggs have the fat, the cholesterol in their yolk already. Absolutely. So complimentary. You, take, you take eggs. You also, um, yogurt's another good one because that's a fat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, nuts. Uh, almonds have uh, E in them. Walnuts are the same way. Uh, when you get in the vegetable side of the house, you can uh, have for the evening, you can have lettuce. The lettuce has E in it. Mm-hmm. Um, broccoli has E in it. Um, so you could actually do a, a nice Google search or on the Internet and find uh, other um, uh, vegetables that actually have any um, potatoes have E in it. Wow, it's amazing. I usually tell I encourage people to eat their animal proteins earlier in the day and go for a more vegetarian dinner. I think they sleep better. And so for us, that would be um, quinoa and millet, which are grain-like seeds. They're, they're high in you know animal proteins and then also um, vitamin E. And then I didn't know that about potatoes. That's very interesting. And I didn't know that you should take them with your dinner meal. All these years I've been taking the two, uh, the morning and the afternoon, uh, the evening ones, I, I haven't been taking them with my meal. So I learned something really important today. Thank you. And You're then welcome. a source I always think of for vitamin E is olive oil. You didn't mention that. Yeah, olive oil is a very good vitamin. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Mediterranean diet, you know, is very heavy laden with olive oil. And um, certainly you can have olive oil. You can put olive oil you know, on your cook with it or you put it on your salad. It's a great form of vitamin E. Well, one of the um, things I've been doing for a while now is uh, testing people's genes, doing nutritional genomics and consultations with people that way. And there's a gene that um, is in the smart DNA test that I um, have people do. It's called the intergenic gene. And it um, it tells if the people are uh, if they have a red dot, for example, then that person actually has an even greater risk for deficiency of vitamin E. And I really make a point of um, well, I've been telling people that you and I were going to be talking, and then I was going to be posting a podcast soon on this subject. So to stay tuned and be on the lookout for that. But I um, I see that red dot a lot, unfortunately. So evidently, it's a genetic snip or variation that is showing up quite a lot, at least in people who aren't feeling well. That's who I tend to do consultations with. Obviously, they're not feeling well, and they're calling for help. And there they, they, you know, they have their genes tested, and there is that little red dot by the vitamin E, the risk for vitamin E deficiency. So let's talk about some of the many conditions that uh, they're really the common conditions that we're all struggling with today, cancer, Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, all the things that are chronic and and rampant today, uh, there's a vitamin E connection to that. So could we take, uh, let's take... um, uh, let's take heart disease first. I talk, you, you mentioned your father-in-law uh, had a wonderful turnaround with his heart disease. So let's let's talk about vitamin E and heart disease. You know, well, vitamin E is uh, you know is known as an antioxidant. If you look at any of the studies um, out there when it comes to heart disease, uh, E plays a, a significant role. Um, when you think about the arteries and the plaque buildup, um, the muscle, uh, the heart muscle. Um, and actual keeping the arteries clean is very key. 
and that's what E is an antioxidant. Actually, you've got free radicals that um, that are in the body that uh, need to be under uh, be controlled, and that's what E does. Uh, these free radicals can actually um, cause a lot of inflammation. And then uh, what he does is as an antioxidant and a free radical scavenger, it actually um, uh, reduces the amount of free radicals in the body. You know, interestingly enough, too, when I when we do the smart DNA panel on people, a large number of people have red dots in their inflammation, the genes that are connected to C-reactive protein, interleukin-6, and so on. I see a lot of red dots for the inflammation genes, too. And then, again, that's another group of people that would do very, very well to have vitamin E, to take it as a supplement. Do you um, – but inflammation underlines everything, aging, cancer, uh brain health, um, you know, can you, do you think it is the inflammation factor that makes vitamin E so effective? Or do you think that just, like what's happening with cancer, for example? That may- yeah, your, your, your markers in each, as you indicated, the three majors, which are cancer, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes, they're all inflammatory markers. Mm-hmm. And it's very key to get to keep the, the inflammatory markers under control. In the E complex, when you talk about an antioxidant, that antioxidant is referenced to alpha-tocopherol. The gamma and the delta on the tocopherol side are anti-inflammatories. And the delta and the gamma on the tocotrienol side are anti-inflammatories. So truly, when you take a the full complex, you get not only an antioxidant, but you get four anti-inflammatories. Mm, wow. So that's just a must that I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't tie all these dots together, so this is great. Um, what about brain health, like Alzheimer's? Is there Has there been any research on, uh, because that's another gene, if we're going to bring the gene story into this picture here, we've got your APOE4 or 3-4 allele, people where people have SNPs in the, and, and I don't see that you know, all, all that much, but uh, because there's other, um, you know, there's the 3-3, three, three, which is what I have. Uh, but I do see the 3-4 and the 4-4 four, four sometimes, and I know right away those people are at a higher risk for, for, uh, for you know, Alzheimer's. And I, um, is there anything on, on vitamin E for brain health and Alzheimer's? Uh, there's so many. Um, I'm glad you asked that question because that's one of the key benefits to the E-complex is its performance uh, during aging and Alzheimer's disease. It's, uh, it's known that actually it's one of the few compounds that can get into the, um, uh, into the brain, actually. And, it's a, and if you look at uh, what is the process for um, aging and Alzheimer's disease, it's what they call um, uh, reactive oxygen species. Are million produced in the mitochondria and represent important regulators of the cell signaling cell cycle progression. And what E does, it helps uh, protect um, the uh, damage caused by these uh, ROSs. And, and again, if you think about the cell, and, um, and the cell is made up of a mitochondria which is in the middle, and then you have uh, a membrane that sets outside the cell. An interesting note for all your, your listeners is uh, how many cells does the body produce new cells a day? It's about 40 to 50 billion new cells a day. Mm-hmm. So the body is regenerating on a regular basis. 
And when you're taking the right form of E, and I mentioned about that cell of the mitochondria and the membrane sitting on the outside, that membrane that sits outside that cell is, is a, made up of um, and protected by lipids, fats. And that's what E is. It's a fat. It sits outside that cell. And when you take enough E, the proper dosage, and get it down to the cell level, and when that cell is dispatched out automatically, either to regenerate an organ or to respond to some kind of inflammatory piece in the body, that cell is a very healthy cell. Instead of when, when it's not protected, either it can get damaged from the environment, from food that you're eating, which brings in other um, toxic um, potential conditions. And so it's very important that every cell that comes is produced is protected by E, and that's that's very key to to, um, to healthy, um, not only from a maintenance level, but um, as you move into therapeutic and acute to chronic. That's what we always start people with is taking enough of vitamin E so it gets down and affects the cell level. And you told me one time, too, that it's important not just to, to take vitamin E by itself. So I just learned something about the importance of taking it with your meal. But um, what are the other couple of, you know, special supplements you should take with vitamin E to make it more effective? Well, there's two things that uh, I always recommend when I'm talking either to um, a consumer or to a doctor or to a scientist that has a condition. Um, that is that E is one of the base um, nutrients that you should be taking or supplements you should be taking. What augments that and also augments other uh, compounds um, such as omega. I hear a lot about omega. A lot of people take omegas these days. When you say well, omega, you mean a fish oil supplement? A fish oil. That mm-hmm. is correct. The omega-3s, omega-6s, 7s, but yes, a fish oil or even krill. All right. That as soon as a person takes orally the, uh, the fish oil, it starts to oxidize once it hits the tummy. Because once that soft gel is removed in the tummy, it starts to break down. Well, just think logically that alpha-tocopherol is known as an antioxidant. So when you take vitamin E and you take it with a mixed, with a omega, it actually prevents it from oxidizing or reduces the amount of oxidation. In turn, you get a better performance out of your omega, which is very, very important. So you could actually literally take E and omega, and you could take less of omega, uh, saving you know so saving you some money uh, by just taking E with it. And then the other one that I always suggest people to take is you take vitamin C with E. And why do you do that? Uh, there's a study that shows that C recycles E, meaning it keeps E in the body longer. And that's very important. You want to keep E in the body as long as you can for its protection. Uh, capabilities. And then one other thing that I didn't mention to you earlier was that there's also another compound called CoQ10. Mm -hmm. And CoQ10 is for the heart muscle. And you hear CoQ10 a lot of time mentioned, especially if you listen to a lot of the news media or even advertisement about, well, if you take a statin, which is for cardiovascular disease, that the actual statin reduces the body's CoQ10. CoQ10 is one of the few compounds or nutrients in the body the body makes. Most of our nutrients we have to get out, we have to get through our diet. But CoQ10 is is produced in the body. So the body produces CoQ10. 
So what happens with our tocotrienol is that it actually helps the body produce its own CoQ10. A lot of people don't know that one. Now, that's really interesting to me because, again, on this gene, the smart DNA gene test that we use, they do. Uh, we also get back uh, people's results for their CoQ10 as well as their vitamin E. And I am now going to start looking at the two together. Uh, I do see a lot of red dots by the CoQ10 as well. And so those people also are not producing. I know the butt you just said, of course, the body produces its own CoQ10, but in these people, not so well. And so, again, this whole new, you know, the whole gene picture is going to add so much value to all of us being able to really, you know, tweak what we need. Uh, but this is fascinating to me because I, 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 I look at the vitamin E, I look at the CoQ10, I'm seeing them as two different potential deficiencies. Now I see the importance of looking at the two together. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I just want to clarify a point. That is, again, as I mentioned to you earlier, is that there's all, there, there's three types of studies. There's uh, what they call in vivo, in vitro, and then clinical. Mm-hmm. And all that means is the first part of the study, the first study they usually do is in a Petri dish and see if the, if the compound is effective. And then they go into an animal study if you get enough positive data out of the Petri dish. Then they go to an animal study, and if they get enough positive data out of that, then they move into a human clinical. That's usually the process. All right. Well, you don't see many I, of those. I mean, most of the time, if you really read the study carefully, it's so often it's just in a petri dish. That is correct. It is. There's a number of, and again, that's where you really, and that's the reason I want to clarify a point. And I said that it helps the body produce its own CoQ10 on the tocotrienols. Now, that is animal data. That is not a clinical data. But what I'm doing is I have one of the leading uh, labs here in Texas for CoQ10, and we're going to do a study because it's my supposition that, uh, in the hypothesis, that um, that if you take the tocotrienol with CoQ10, it will increase the absorption. The reason why it's important to understand the absorption of CoQ10 is because that you are lucky to, to absorb 20% of the CoQ10 that you, you take. And what I mean by that, if you've got a 100 milligram CoQ10 soft gel, you're lucky if you absorb 20 milligrams. You're lucky because it's a very difficult compound to absorb in wow. the body. And, and I can show you the data. It's expensive also. And it's very and it's very expensive. So the study I'm going to do is going to try to, obviously, to, to see if that mechanism that it shows in animal data for the production of CoQ, CoQ10 does that in the human body as well because if that mechanism is tripped in the human body, then when you take CoQ10 along with the tocotrienol, that it, it should increase the absorption of the CoQ10. See, one of the things I've been saying lately, um, while I've been lecturing to different groups, is that um, I really believe that in the very near future, we're going to have to literally relook at every single study out there and take out the people. Like, for example, I use caffeine. There's a certain uh, percentage of people that have a gene that, they're very poor metabolizers of 
caffeine so they don't clear it. It stays in their body a long time. So they're not good candidates for a lot of chocolate and lots of coffee during the day because they're not clearing the caffeine. Uh, so a study would have to, if you really want to find out if caffeine is valuable, and for some people it is, you have to take out all those people that have that 1A2 gene where they're not clearing caffeine. And I would think that should be true of every study going forward. If you've got people, for example, with this iod, um, uh, the gene that I mentioned that uh, that makes you much, you need more vitamin E, you need more CoQ10. Um, these people would probably, if you, if you could get hold of a group of them, you'd see a tremendous need for both of these products. And then the other group, uh, just a normal need. And that kind of leads into my my next question was how would you, generally speaking, because some people are never going to get their genes tested, generally speaking, how would we know how much to take and how much can we, I mean, a lot of us don't eat very well. And so should we all be taking supplements? I, I sort of think we should take a supplement myself. Well, the, the, this is a very good point you make. Um, how does someone determine the effectiveness of their protocol, the, their dietary protocol, whether supplements or their diet? And it goes back to being tested. And you know, like you say, genes, you know, predisposed. But the other thing is what uh, markers are you trying to influence? If you've got a, in, in the doctor arena, which our doctors are very good at what they do, um, well, the good ones are, um, mm-hmm, right. that really define uh, for the individual what are the issues. I mean, that if you have, um, let's just talk about cardiovascular disease, if you have either high cholesterol, which in some schools of thought is a pro and a con, because it's, it's been under attack for a long time, the, the cholesterol. But if there are some schools of thought that say that cholesterol, high cholesterol is okay, depending on the body size, body type, and genetic makeup. Um, so what you want to define for yourself is, okay, where are my starting points? Um, getting, a, getting a blood test. Uh, okay, what do I, uh, for cardiovascular diseases, my HDL, my LDL, uh, what do my triglycerides are like? Um, so get your starting points of what you're concerned about in your body or you should be concerned about your body. In order to move those markers, we've had 50 years' experience working with doctors, so we've got a, a relatively good grasp at starting points mm-hmm. um, to say, okay, what should I be taking, what dosage should I be, because that's the other key factor. And even when you read a study, when it's pro or con the study, you should always try to figure out what the dosage is um, being used. And what we have learned over the 50 years, our doctors have taught us, is that um, E can be weight-dependent and also age-dependent. And what do I mean by that? It means that the size of the body, from an absorption perspective, uh, can be reflective uh, of the performance, meaning that maybe you need a larger amount of E based upon your body size and then on your age. It could be age-dependent. Uh, well, we've learned anybody over 50, there's a higher requirement for E. So, so wait, if they're over 50 and they're a bit on the heavy side, then they would take much more. I, mean, I just want people to add the yeah, two together. They could that's be both. Correct. Well, yeah. what, what we tell people when you get into the therapeutic area, let's just say you go to the, give you an example, you go to the doctor and you give him the symptoms that you have and then he diagnoses you and you do these tests and you come back. And um, so what we tell people, once you've got your markers established that you want to change and need to change, 
is then you apply a dosage based upon because now it's therapeutic because you have an existing condition. Our doctors have taught us on the tocopherol side, not the tocotrienol side, but on the tocopherol side, is it for every 40 pounds of body weight, you take one soft gel and you max out at six. That's the most you would take uh, as starting points. Um, so that's what our doctors have taught us. We didn't teach the doctors that. That's years of 50 years of use of the of the unique E, and those are really good starting points. Um, but if then, somebody is um, 350 pounds, mm-hmm. you're going to um, take six. Still, they would just take six, even though they're that is correct. Yeah, okay. That is correct. Yeah, okay. you don't go take more than six. Mm-hmm. Not that it's going to hurt you, but those are your starting points because we've had people in ICU. Uh, with cardiovascular issues that have taken very, very, very high doses, up to 30 soft gels. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they had to um, poke a hole in the soft gel and squeeze it in so they can take it. But And then they came out of uh, the ICU. Now, again, these are anecdotal. Mm-hmm. These are not clinical um, uh, studies, but these are um, years of experience. And that's why I always tell people when they... When you're looking at selecting a, a nutrient, a vitamin, that you should one of the parts of your criteria should be that the length of time that the that particular compound or uh, supplement has been on the market. What's their track record? And the nice part about us, we've had 50 years of a of, um, uh, track record mm-hmm. across the disciplines, whether it's neurology, oncology, cardiology, dermatology you name it, and then a natural pass. And we're constantly, matter of fact, we just came back uh, from Harvard Medical School, and we were training doctors there. Um, and because doctors are usually taught, medical doctors are usually taught, you know, the biochemistry or they're taught uh, pharmaceutical, they're not taught nutrition. And mm-hmm. so they lean to us for, and, and the takeaway for your any of your folks are listening to this, you don't have to remember anything that we've discussed. They don't have to remember when it comes to vitamin E. Uh, you got an 800 number, you're welcome to call in here at any time. And I tell the doctors the same thing because you've got too much data coming at you. It's very confusing. You're welcome to call in here and just think as a word like a library book. You just pull us out, pull the book <laughs> off the shelf. Hey, I'm AC Grace, I'm pulling off the shelf. i got a question on vitamin E. Here's an 800 number. You can call us and That's either fantastic. we'll have an answer. Yeah, yes, either we'll have an answer or we'll have a doctor that has been using the product for many years that we could recommend, hopefully, in your area. If not, then um, then we will certainly give them the number. And that's the service that we provide um, and the benefit that, that actually a company being around as long as we have can bring to the to the helping the decision process for the for the patient or for the well, You know, I, I'm a big, big believer in uh, going to the people and you know, educating them because they so often bring the information into their doctors and that's how the doctor gets interested and educated and then takes that extra step to go looking, you know, deeper into the research and finds all this amazing research or finds their way to you. So really the consumer has a very important role today in changing um, the healthcare crisis that we have. And, and so this is amazing that you offer that service. I didn't know that. Can can I ask you a little bit more about, because we, we do have many women on the body ecology diet who are pregnant. It's a major, uh, has always been a major, um, you know, focus for me is bringing healthy babies into the world, particularly because today we're seeing this enormous uh, number of children with autism and it's not stopping, you know, it just keeps, the 
the the new statistic is by 2020, what's that, like five and a half years or six years away, um, every other baby being born is going to be on the spectrum. And so we obviously have to turn this around urgently. Uh, but so, so vitamin E during pregnancy. Um, and, and then also if you have a baby, like I also work with a lot of women, obviously, when their babies are born to get them off to the right start. Uh, you know, can you just, can you open the capsule and rub it into the baby's skin or is that too gooey? I know you have a little, um, you also have a pump of vitamin E, vitamin E in a little uh, squirty pump uh, jar, a little tiny. Sure. Mm-hmm. C- can you talk about that, like pregnancy, children, babies, just a little bit so we grab, help that group of people. And, uh, you know, I, I hope pregnant women realize you're eating for two. There's you and there's the baby. And the baby's a complete victim inside you, completely dependent on what you're thinking and eating during the pregnancy. So I want to get any information we can out to them. Well, again, uh, if you're pregnant, um, E plays a major role in cognitive development of the child. And, uh, and and they always tell you they, if you talk to any medical doctor or any uh, pediatrician, they always put you on fish oil. Mm-hmm. That's a right? good one. Yep. Right. They always put you on fish oil, which is really good. But again, if you're taking fish oil and you're taking it for two and you want a high performance, I would suggest putting an E in there as well. Um, and from a... Uh, from, like I say, from a neurological and cognitive development, it's very key to have E. Matter of fact, in the breast milk, um, and if you look at any of the, the uh, what do they call the child, uh, the formula for the for you get to, to, to uh, mothers pick up at the store, a lot of that will have E in it. Mm-hmm. The challenge is it's not a natural form of E. Is it, usually, is it mostly the alpha? It's mostly the alpha. That's correct. It's not mixed, and it doesn't have any. Not, the baby's not getting any of the tocotrienols uh, either. Then. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Uh-huh. So, how would you give your baby and yourself your baby while the baby's inside you, and then after the baby's born, how would you ensure that they got this really important nutrient? Well, if it's a baby, it's going to pick up the nutrient through the mother's milk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's where you're going to pick it up. You're not going to give the baby any uh, vitamin E. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's probably it's around six years old, I think, because it's where we you know, start administering a dosage of vitamin E. And, and, all the, and again, please don't hold me to this because it's variable. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the condition and the needs of the, of the child. Uh, well, gosh, I'm looking at the clock, and I just realized we were really running out of time, but this has been absolutely fascinating, and I could go on with lots more questions, but I'm thrilled that people can call you and ask for you know help, and that and I hope that they'll share this podcast with many other people. I'm also hoping that what I said at the very, very beginning has now become true, and that everybody listening is, is very aware that vitamin E is quite important. It needs to be combined with vitamin C and krill oil. Um, the AC Grace Company also has an excellent krill oil product, and we're going to be talking about krill oil and fish oil in an upcoming podcast. So look for that podcast once we post that. And Jim, thank you so much. We've been talking with Jim Caps with the AC Grace Company. Can you tell us, uh, just give us the name of your website. It's pretty obvious, but if you don't mind. Yeah, it's just www.acgrace.com. That's just A and then C and then name Grace, G-R-A-C-E.com. And you have a special um, heart health package for people? 
Yes, we have a special heart health package for them. There's also um, uh, one for uh, topical that they're having, especially this time of year when you've got a lot of potential skin conditions based upon the weather. And so With dry skin, heart, you mean? Or, or um, well, again, when you think of skin conditions, a myriad of things uh, can develop. Um, but mainly, you're talking about protection. Uh, and actually, there's um, a really nice study done on tocotrienols for protection, on uh, UV protection. Um, so protection from the sun. And mm -hmm. uh, we also have it where that you have eczema, psoriasis, you know, more serious skin conditions. So, yeah, but recognize, as I mentioned earlier to your to your um, to your audience, is that the body produces over 40 or 50 billion new cells a day. What is the largest organ in the body? It's skin. the skin, <laughs> right? It's the skin. So a lion's share of those new uh, cells are going out to the skin and reproduce skin. Well, you can put all the topical stuff you want on in the world, but if you're not supporting it from the outside in, from the inside out, then you're not going to get the, the the total benefit, I should say. But um, that's the reason why we always explain to people, hey, let's support those 40, 50 billion new cells, which lion's share are going out to the skin. And um, I can tell you later on and maybe another podcast about... Um, the stories that we, we, we've had successes and the data studies coming out on tocotrienols and cancer, and specifically pancreatic cancer. Oh, fantastic. That's a tough one, a really tough one. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, on the website, there's a lot more reading material for people that are interested. Do you have uh, things, studies published there or anything in particular that can help people? Uh, yeah, there's some good information that's out there. It's just we have to be careful based upon the FDA and the FTC because uh, uh, we're a manufacturer. So we mm -hmm. have to be very careful about what we say. We don't make any health claims. Is there and, any particular book you would send people to, that a, a book on vitamin E? Yeah, there, yes, there is. There's uh, Dr. Andreas Pappas called The Vitamin E Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, as that's the gentleman that he actually works with us very closely now. He was the young scientist that my um, stepfather engaged back developing the formula, and he's one of the leading authorities worldwide. Uh, speaks all over the world on the vitamin E complex, and it's called the vitamin E factor. Great, that is fantastic. I know you're busy, and we're very grateful for taking this time to teach us about vitamin E and the different types of vitamin E and what we should take it with. I hope everybody listening realizes that you want to take your uh, Ford tocopherols in the morning with breakfast, um, with eggs, if you're having eggs, and then in the evening with your evening meal, take your uh, tocotrienols, and there are four of them too just to simplify things. And then you can also go to the AAC Grace Company if you have, if you want to place an order or if you want to talk to anybody. Thank you, Jim. I'm going to uh, thank everybody out there actually for listening today. If you're new to Body Ecology, please subscribe to Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. Also, feel free to leave a comment on our Facebook page. We're always interested in learning what you're interested in learning more about. So thank you for joining us today.